Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So Jeff Bentley chased and dropped the 15-yard line. Roquan, the chef, Smith. Roquan Smith, he's the highlight show of this defense. In the ring, Steve-O's got him up. A slam. Jonathan Hood, weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. Also on Facebook, facebook.com. Look for the Jonathan Hood podcast page on Facebook as we broadcast live. From our first Midwest Bank Studios. We will hear from Ted Albrecht, the uh, color analyst for the Northwestern Wildcats. If you are a Cats fan, if you're a Big Ten fan, listen in coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll have Ted Albrecht on. We'll get his thoughts about not only the Northwestern Wildcats, their expectations this season, with a very interesting schedule, by the way, with Nebraska and Wisconsin and back-to-back games. Also, coming to Evanston will be Michigan State early in September. So for the for you Northwestern fans that just sit around and don't go to the games and look at your phones and not pay attention to the game, maybe you want to look at Sparty coming into town because Coach Fitz wants you to pay attention, according to him, from the Big Ten uh, uh, press conferences. So, uh, so we'll talk to Ted about that and more coming up at uh, about 10 minutes right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It will happen this hour, this half hour, as a matter of fact. Um, good to be back with you. Was off yesterday um, from ESPN 1000, but I was working with the uh, Freddie Coleman and Ian Fitzsimmons show on ESPN Radio. Tomorrow, there will be no show on ESPN 1000 because we've got Major League Baseball. However, however, I will be on tomorrow night on ESPNRadio.com and on Sirius XM Channel 80 with Freddie Coleman from 8 to midnight Central Time. So even though there won't be a show on ESPN 1000, I still will be working and I still will be trying to entertain you uh, with sports conversation from 8 to midnight tomorrow night with Freddie Coleman. If you forget all of that, if you forget what I just told you, just follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Hood. That way you won't miss the show because Freddie and I always have a great time as I go back to Bristol and spend time with Freddie Coleman from 8 to midnight tomorrow night uh, right here on ESPN 
uh, radio.com. It won't be on ESPN 1000 tomorrow, okay? So, because we got Major League Baseball. Okay, so I don't know about you, but I'm ready. The summer of football is so important to us because we get so, get so used to you know, talking about camps, opening up college and pro fantasy football. That's what we bring every single night. Eight o'clock it is, my friends, the summer of football. The summer of football. This is having fun and we working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Drive starts from deep in their own territory. And it's back over the 25-yard line. Eddie Jackson, and he'll go in for the touchdown. This is having fun, and we're working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds, and Barkley takes it all the way. Summer of football. All right, flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the hand up and takes off. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work. Right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't there yet. And the ESPN app. It is the summer of football right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jonathan Hood with you here. And I don't know about how you feel about football, but I am so ready for the Bears to see what they can do because you know the Bears had some unfinished business from last year. Last year, the Bears could have been in that position getting their butts kicked by the Patriots. That could have been them. That could have been the Bears. But no, Cody Park, you misses the kick. And here we are. And so we are longing for more, and rightfully so. For years, we have seen a strong defense and a uh, kind of good, pretty good, decent offense. I'm looking for the offense to make another step this upcoming season. And it's not one of these things where I'm going to put all my chips in the middle of the table for Mr. Biscuit and say the offense will work because you and I both know that that's not necessarily how it works in the NFL. You remember what you saw from Trubisky last year. There were some signs of Trubisky where he really was able to get it offensively. I I thought that at times he really clicked with what was going on offensively. And then there were times where if the first receiver was not open, he would run with the football. He'd run and not check down and look at other options offensively. I think that hurt the Bears sometimes offensively. I want to see fewer defensive linemen or razzle-dazzle plays to try to help the Bears score. They have enough offensive weapons to get it done. Now can Drabisky get the ball to those weapons for this upcoming season? So let's hear from Matt Nagy. He was on with Carmen and Yurko. Matt Nagy talking about Mitch's progression. Where are you with your quarterback right now as far as how much command of the system he has, um, how much leeway you can give him, how comfortable you are with just expanding the whole playbook and letting him go to work? Yeah, we're in a good spot right now. We're not where we're going to be here. Um, I don't know if we ever will be because we're always trying to grow. But Mitchell's done a great job at at really grasping this offense and understanding that it does take time. Last year, he was so focused on just making sure that our own offensive players were were uh, you know at the line of scrimmage, splits, alignments, adjustments, motion shifts. Now we're focusing more on level two with the defense, and and where where we see that develop. He's done a really good job at it. Um, you know, time will tell here this year as we go. But I, I really like where he's at, and I just appreciate how much of a student of the game he is. We talk about read and recognize yeah. recognition. 
information out right. there, what you see, and then they're going to change it on you right before the snap. They're yep. going to show you something. They're going to take it away. Uh, are we talking about just being able to look at keys that he sees where maybe a safety's cheating it one way or the other? A little bit of both. And then how that affects it is, too, our, our wide receivers, their routes get adjusted by different coverages that, they, that we all see. And so... Um, you have to be synchronized. You want to be on the same page. That comes with experience. We got those games last year with Mitch, and uh, and now you know every rep we get in practice and as we go here is just only going to help him. For a quarterback to truly take that like that jump or to go to that next level, coach, does he have to be able to? see the defense and analyze it and know, does he have to be like a three-read quarterback to truly be great? You should. Um, you know, a lot of these great quarterbacks in this league right now, they've been in this league for a long time, and they've had a lot of experience. And what they've been able to do is see a lot of different defenses. And, the, uh, you know, I think Tom Brady said it last year. He mentioned that, uh, you know, there's not a defense that has been thrown to him that he hasn't seen right. yet. Well, what that allows you to do is anticipate your throws, which is you're going to throw, um, you know, throw the guy open essentially, and it just makes everything go a lot smoother. And, and that's where ultimately we want to get with Mitch. So you can hear right there in that soundbite, if you listen closely, Nagy continues to work with Trubisky, and, and of course he's got to continue to work with him because coming out of college, he was not like the most dynamic quarterback that you will find uh, going into the NFL. No matter what the Bears had to do to try to get him in the draft and get him on the football team, uh, as um, George McCaskey told someone very close to the Bears organization, I need my quarterback now. And this meant... Get rid of Cutler. Let's move forward. Let's turn the page in the Cutler administration, and let's find someone that we can grow into being a top quarterback in this league. If nothing else, if not the league, definitely for the Bears. As we talk about the Bears on the Summer of Football with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app, it, 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 you can hear Nagy talk about the progressions, right, and how he, and as Carmen asked, three-read quarterback, meaning that if the first guy is covered, don't just panic. It is about trying to read defenses and trying to get better at that. And Trubisky always falls in a sore talking about how he got to get better. He's very self-deprecating. But I, I don't care about that. I don't care about words. I care about production. Because you know, like I know, that the lightning in the bottle situation in the NFL is very important. You've got to catch lightning in the bottle in the NFL because you don't know what could happen this year or next year. A key injury, um, a setback, and now all of a sudden other teams pass you up. That's how it is in the NFL. The NFL's had 10 or 11 different NFC uh, champions over the last dozen years. That's a lot. A lot of different representatives of the conference. So it, you, you've got to be able to catch it while you can and get better quickly because you can be knocked off next year. That's important. Mitch Trubisky, uh, from the Mike Sando piece, when they went through quarterback tiers on the athletic.com, uh, he's got a really good arm as one of the coach from a anonymous GM. He can make a great throw. He's got a great deep ball. He's not afraid to stand in the pocket. He's not afraid of the noise when he gets hit. That's a good sign. I just don't think he really knows what's going on yet. And that's, a, that's an interesting quote from that former GM uh, that – looked at Trubisky talking about he doesn't know what's really going on yet. I think that very well could be true, but doesn't mean he can't grow in the position. So that's, again, we got to keep our eyes on that for sure. 
So, J.J. Stankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago was on with Chris and Adam. They were sitting in for me last night on Under the Hood. And so I, I want to play this because J.J., like other reporters, is standing over on the sidelines in Bourbon A watching what is going on with these practices, watching every snap, uh, charting every snap. And, again, these are practices, not games. So I, I don't take it overly serious uh, when, when we look at certain things in practice. But I, you don't want what happens in practice to be a trend when game day starts. Stankiewicz says that uh, he talked a little bit about Mitch Trubisky and talked about how it's small steps with Trubisky offensively. I'm more paying attention to what players around him are saying and how it's different than what we heard last year, where a lot of what we heard last year about Mitch Trubisky was sort of blind optimism, like we've bought into this guy and we think he can do it because we've, we've bought into him and his personality and his leadership and all those, those kind of intangible factors. This year, the, the one thing that I always I just keep going back to is a conversation I had with Chase Daniel where Chase said, you know, last year when Mitch would call out a play, he would walk up to the line of scrimmage and he would still be sort of thinking about the play. Like, you know, what is, you know, the X going to do on this play? If, they're, if I need to call a protection, what is that going to look like? And he wasn't really quite able to read the defense in front of him. It was more just sort of like, you know, trying to take care of yourself rather than take care of everything else on the play. And now this year that Mitch has the offense down, it's not new to him. He's seen it. He's seen how it works in practice, in games. That now he's walking up to the line of scrimmage and he spits out the play call and he's walking up and he's looking at the defense. And he's wondering, okay, where is the Mike linebacker on this play? And, you know, if he's in this certain spot, what do I need to do on this play? Or, okay, you know, the safety is shading down this way, but they've shown that it's, you know, they, they try to, you know, cloud that a little bit and the safety's going to drop back and this spot's going to be open. So there's a lot more of that now in Mitch Trubisky's game. And I think that is where, you know, the, the Bears offense is going to take its greatest step. The one thing that I was a little bit concerned about down here in Bourbon is on Sunday. Uh, during that practice, I thought Mitch took off and ran a little bit too much instead of just kind of trusting what was in front of him. Um, not to say, granted, that you can trust a whole lot that's in front of you with the Bears defense because they're so damn good. But I, that is one thing where I, I like to see Trubisky just kind of rip it a little bit more. And, you know, you can run it. You can, you know, we, we know what Mitch Trubisky's running ability is. And he can, you know, take the football down, run it, whatever he wants during the regular season. But for right now, I'd kind of like to see him just try to get some balls out. But also, too, hey, if the Bears' defense isn't giving him anything, then I guess he's probably making the right choice. Interesting perspective from J.J. Stankovitz, again, a reporter for NBC Sports Chicago covering the Bears. Summer football with me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Please be joined by a former Bear and Northwestern Wildcats color analyst on the radio side with Dave Bennett. It is Ted Albrecht, and he joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Ted, as always, I appreciate your time. Uh, you know, before we get into the Cats, let's talk about the Bears. I mean, uh, taking a look at that team well, last year, 12-4. and four. What are your expectations for the Bears this season? Well, they have a tougher schedule um, based on how they performed last season. Um. I think their defense is absolutely fabulous. Just they're just uh, so much energy, have so much talent, a lot of depth. I think that team defensively is going to carry um, could carry any team. I think offensively, uh, I think their improvement at, at the running game is 
been excellent. Um, I, I really liked Howard, but I think that by them going out and getting uh, what they did in the draft um, from Iowa State, I think his name is Montgomery, right? That's right. I, I think that's a big improvement, and and uh, I think Trubisky is going to be keep. I think he's going to keep getting better every year. Yeah, I, I think the defensively, uh, I think they're pretty much set. You're just praying for good health for Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, Fuller, and others. I think defensively, they're pretty much set, even with a diff- defense, different defensive coordinator. I'll ask you this. When there is a change like that, with Fangio going to Denver to be the head coach and then being able to have a new defensive coordinator, what's the, how different can things be with Pagano in there? Well, every coach is going to have its own spin and its own philosophy. But I think Pagano is a pretty savvy veteran coach, and he's going to know what he has sitting in front of him. I don't think he's going to mess that up very much. <laughs> he's going to, he knows he's got a lot of talent in that room. He's got a lot of leadership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And I, I, I think that he'll, he'll look at last year's games and what Fangio did. What are the things the defense did well? Um, where they maybe fell a, a little short, he'll try to improve upon. But I think he's going to add, he's going to do his system, but he's also going to have, I think, some wrinkles from last year for sure. So pretty much stay out of the way. That's what you're saying, Ted, aren't you? <laughs> Just... Yeah. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't, and I, I think he's smart enough not to screw it up. I think he really is a really good coach. Ted Albrecht, Northwestern Wildcats color analyst with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Apples do summer of football. Um, I thought the Cats had another solid year at 9-5. and five. What stood out most about the Wildcats from last year from your point of view? Well, it was a really sticky start. They, you know, they started off 1-3. and three. Uh, It was really difficult to lose those three games to Duke, Akron, and Michigan after being Purdue on national television. And I think from that point forward, they really turned it around. I think uh, there's no question that they've got a lot of leadership within that locker room, and I think it really showed um, – they, they they came out to win in San Diego at the Holiday Bowl against a Utah team that were eleven and one in their in their last twelve bowl games, and um, that was a really good win for the Cats. And um, I, I'm I'm very I, I, this year is going to be a little bit different. Every every year is different in college mm-hmm. football, but the West I think is even though they won the West a year ago, I think the West is much improved with Nebraska, Wisconsin, Minnesota. It's not going to be easy. I know that we have to take a look at these, this schedule one game at a time. That's how you players do it. But I couldn't help but to look at September 28th and October 5th because that will tell you a lot about the Cats season, won't it? Because it's at Wisconsin, at Nebraska. You talk about the difficulty. People are circling Nebraska as one of the top teams in the conference. What do you think of those that particular hill to climb? Those are going to be two tough road games. You know, we beat both those teams. Um, we beat Nebraska at home in an overtime. We beat Wisconsin here, and now uh, I'm sure there's going to be a revenge factor. Mm-hmm. It always it always plays into it. They're they're very difficult, uh, particularly Wisconsin at home. Uh, I think you know they just have a longstanding tradition of doing very well up there. Nebraska, of course, they've had 500 sellouts in a row or something. Um, but you know we, we we're going to have to. I, you know when you, you're missing your starting quarterback, you know I think Clayton was a fourth or fifth round draft choice to 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 Philly, fifty six starts in his career. That's a big hole to fill, and I think that is going to be the first and foremost question that has to be 
um, you know, brought to a head here in camp. I, I, I look forward to the new blood, seeing Hunter Johnson in place as a quarterback. I just, I could see that there's the arrows pointing up for the offense. What, what stands out most about what you're looking forward to seeing offensively from the team? Well, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Hunter Johnson, you know, transferred from Clemson and was the player of the year in Indiana, senior in high school. And, you know, he sat out last year. He was he just handled it so well. But I think there's a lot of pressure on him. He was the top-rated quarterback by ESPN in the country coming out of high school. And um, I think T.J. Green, though, you, you, you really you, you really got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, he he played very well, substituting in and out the first three or four games of the season uh, when Clayton was coming off that knee injury from um, the bowl game. And I think he did very well. So I think there's some competition there. But the biggest thing is, in my book, is Isaiah Bowser, uh, true freshman last year, started his first game at Rutgers, almost had 100 yards average per game, and um, six touchdowns. I think he is that he's a he's a beast. He's going to be a really good player for us at running back. Ted, are you in charge of of getting kids off their phones and coming to the games this year? <laughs> Coach Fitz, <laughs> listen, I have I Jonathan, I have seen him do that rant on on a. Not regarding to you know the experience at the game, but just in general about that was the worst invention in the world. I've seen that in 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 full focus. It's pretty good. It's really good. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> and uh, but he's he's a classic man. I, I just you whatever you see is what you get with Coach Fitz every single day. He's the same guy every day. Love him. He's just wonderful to be around. You know, and, and to, in order to be able to have walk-up tickets or people coming to the games, you know, you want to be able to, first of all, you have a winning product, so Northwestern is already that. And in your non-conference, you want to be able to have a draw. And so, if nothing else, Stanford is, is or rather, um, UNLV is on the 14th of September. Michigan State comes to Evanston. I mean, those are games that if you're a student or if you're just a fan, you want to see those games in Evanston, don't you? Absolutely, and I think also Ohio State's going to be here on a Friday night. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a huge game. Uh, so we we have we have a nice we have a, we have Iowa at home. We have a nice home schedule. Um, so I think we have Sparty at home. Um, so you know, I I think we have a good schedule. Um, but the West is going to be much improved. They're, they're, I think they're going to really. It's going to be a tough a tough bargain. But but again, another quality bowl game, if nothing else. It, but uh, the competition just makes the team better, though. Even though I look at it and say, boy, you know, that, that Wisconsin game, that Nebraska game is going to be interesting. But it just makes the kids tougher, right? I mean, it's great competition. Yeah, and, you know, Coach Fitz has had very little turnover in his staff. Um, he brought in two new coaches. Uh, both played here. Tim McGargle um, came from the Packers via... Illinois. He was on the staff down there with Levy. He's the all-time leading tackler uh, in NU history. He's on the staff. And then a running backs coach who came from Iowa State. Um, he's These two guys have been, you know, Fitz has had him on their on his short list for a long time. But because of a couple players, a couple coaches leaving for other jobs, um, it's opened up the door. So, Coach has got a really good staff. I th- he always gets them ready. You know, he, he always gets them ready. I mean, guy's got he's got so much juice man 
you know, just being around them, you, you want to hit somebody, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Well, lastly, Ted, and I appreciate your time. I just want to get your thoughts overall on the Big Ten. There, there are many that, that look at the Big Ten and say, well, Urban Meyer is retired for now, so he's not coaching at Ohio State. So this opens the door for Michigan to be, a, and nothing else, the best team in the East and maybe the best team in the Big Ten. How do, how do you see the hierarchy in the Big Ten in that regard? Well, Michigan definitely, I think Michigan's on the hot seat. I mean, I, I think they really got to perform. You know, he came in, Coach Harbaugh came in there with a lot of pomp and circumstance, and, you know, he really hasn't delivered, especially when it comes to beating the guys from Columbus. I think I think there's a lot of pressure on that team. Um, and I, I think Ohio State's just going to reload. I mean, you know, I think it's Coach Day that's taken over there, right? Right. Um, and he's been on the staff, and he was the interim coach at the beginning. I don't think they're going to fall off the map much. You know, I think Penn State is going to deliver. Um, I think last year's conference was really strong, though. Uh, th- I mean, some of the Ohio State was really good. Uh, so we'll see. You know, um, I do want to mention one player on NU's defense, and I want everyone to kind of keep their eye open for this kid. His name's Patty Fisher. Um, he has the potential to be a top 10 pick uh, next year. He, he will not come back for his final year. 6'4", 241. He's 227 tackles in two years. Um, I, I think he could beat him next Brian Urlacher. The guy, really? the guy, Coach Fitz said that he is equivalent to a gym rat for football. All he does is sleep, eat, drink, um, football. And he was uh, academic all Big Ten. But he's a third-team All-American, first-team all Big Ten. He is a horse. And I I just hope the fans keep their eye out on this guy. He is. He runs like a deer. He's 242 pounds, 6'4". He is a man. (laughs) So I, I, I really think people should come out and, for, if anything, watch this guy play because you'll see him on Sundays. So number number 42, the junior, Patty Fisher. Okay, wow. That's out of Katy, Texas. Oh. He won He won a high school state championship down there. <laughs> mm. So he, he knows all about playing it, you know, in front of the uh, – in, so, in front of the – the stars and the fans. Okay, we'll get we got him circled, and I'm looking forward to the season. And you and Dave doing another great job of calling um, cats uh, football. It's going to be fun. I just know that it's going to be all. It's always intriguing with the Wildcats, but it's going to be funny as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks, Jonathan, for having me on, and always enjoy talking. You know, cats football as well as the Big Ten. And hey, go Bears! Let's let's beat the Packers on uh, on opening night on Thursday. Oh, it's going to be great when they beat the when they beat the Packers. It's going to be so much fun. We're gonna, I'll, I'll I will celebrate. I have a, I'll have a little uh, crown royal right right there, ready to watch the Bears beat the Packers. It's going to be so much fun. Well, I'm going to have my uh, man cave all warmed up, and right. we'll we'll be rocking with uh, the pregame and the cigar. You'll have the cigar ready, right? Oh yes, yeah. We'll have <laughs> we'll have plenty of adult beverages as well. <laughs> Ted, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Jonathan, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Ted Albrecht, Northwestern Wildcats color analyst with me, Jonathan Hood, here on the Summer of Football on ESPN 1000. 
Jonathan Hood. So pay attention to my word, because it's the truth. Meditation is the mind that brings the youth. It's like a verse you could never read out of a book. Dropping the line in your mind like a fish hook. On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It's the Cubs and Cardinals at Bush Stadium. Here's Jesse Rogers, who files a report. Jess? All right, Jay Hood, 1-1, top of the fifth. Pretty good pitching duel here between Wainwright and Darvish, though both teams scored single runs in the fourth inning. First, it was the Cubs. Jason Hayward with a single. He advances on a fly ball to center, tags up, gets to second. A ground ball gets him to third, and then Javi Baez with a two-out single brings him home. So, so some small ball there for the Cubs. Then in the bottom of the inning, though, Darvish gives it right back. Two hits to lead off getting Martinez and Goldschmidt. And with a man on third, he strikes out Paul DeYoung. Pass ball, but uh, Martinez doesn't advance, so the Cubs get a break there. But on the very next pitch, Darvish throws behind the hitter, and uh, Caratini has no chance. So a pass ball followed by a wild pitch ties this game, and that's where we stand. 1-1, top of the fifth. Back to you. What do you got here? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Tales from the Hood is brought to you by... Northwestern football, Chicago's Big Ten team, join Coach Fitz and the Big Ten West Division champions at Ryan Field this fall when they host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com and usports.com. Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. Davis, did you see this story I uh, retweeted on my Twitter, Twitter.com, Tweet J Hood? Um, Madeline Kenny from the Chicago Sun-Times reports that Chicago State parts ways with former Bears Notre Dame defensive tackle Chris Zorich. Um, as the story goes, uh, Chris Zorich parting ways with the Cougars in a statement that was on Tuesday. It wasn't clear if Zorich, who was hired at Chicago State's uh, athletic director last May, was fired or resigned. Jamel Bird Reno, a member of Chicago State's cabinet, will serve as AD on an interim basis. During his 14-month tenure at Chicago State, Zorich, who is from Chicago, was a standout defensive tackle for Notre Dame in 88. Um, he announced last August that Lance Irvin would serve, serve as the men's basketball coach and Misty Oppet uh, would be the um, women's basketball coach. Um, and I was at that press conference, by the way, um, on 95th. So I, I, um, I am perplexed uh, on why there is a change already at Chicago State, but uh, but Zorich is out, the former Bear. So we'll keep our eyes on that story. Yeah, it um, is perplexing. Someone that only grew up in Chicago and is familiar with the city, but familiar with the surroundings of Chicago State, going to CVS in high school and growing up in that area as well. So very perplexing. I thought the urban move was definitely a great move, and they've already been on the top ten and top five lists of several four- and five-star basketball players. So it seems like everything was trending up. So I don't know what's going on. Hopefully we'll find out. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, 
you know, as far as, as Chicago State's concerned, I don't doubt that Lance Irvin can get the job done because he's got a lot of connections, him and his family, a lot of local and uh, Midwestern basketball connections. So I don't doubt that Lance Irvin can uh, get this basketball program in the right direction. But I, I will tell you, if you continue to run this direction, I don't see why Chicago State can't be a D2 or D3. I know that sounds bad, but you've got to be able to start someplace by trying to build your program to a certain level, you know? So um, they've been D1 for a long time, but if, if if I saw tomorrow that they went to a different conference or a different level as far as their, you know, their athletics, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and so they can build from there, you know, because there's a lot of losing there, you know, from the baseball team to the basketball teams. Uh, so that's... It's interesting to watch that development there with the Chicago State. All right, let's see what's going on here in Indianapolis. So the story is, police officer forgot he took a bite from his sandwich at, at Indy McDonald's. Okay, So the Marion County Sheriff's Office looked into the investigation and concluded that the police officer forgot that he took a bite from a sandwich. Last week, a Marion County Sheriff's Office employee purchased a McChicken sandwich. The employee took a bite out of the sandwich upon uh, starting his shift at the Marion County Jail. Then he placed it in the refrigerator in a break room. He returned nearly seven hours later, having forgotten that he previously bit the sandwich. He wrongly concluded that a McDonald's restaurant employee had tampered with his food because he is a law enforcement officer. Uh... (laughs) So, <laughs> you have to what? take his word, right? Hood? Have <laughs> Wait to. a minute. Sworn <laughs> officer of the law. <laughs> the customer DJ is a regular at the McDonald's on West Moore Street at Holt Road. He ordered a McChicken sandwich, fries, and cookies, but suspects that he suspects that someone took a bite from his sandwich. I started to warm up my McChicken and took note of several bites were taken out of it. I know I didn't eat it. No one else was around. You know what? I'm going to go to McDonald's and try to get this taken care of. I went to, he went to McDonald's and talked to the supervisor. She offered me some free food. I didn't care anything about it. I just want to know who's the person that ate my food, who, who took care of my food in an inappropriate way. The uh, restaurant confirmed that they are aware of DJ's com- uh, complaint. Managers reportedly told him they will check the schedule to see uh, who's in the food line during that time. But uh, the updated story is, is that the, uh, the perpetrator of the bitten McChicken sandwich wasn't actually the officer. I'm just being petty. <laughs> that is petty. You're right about that. <laughs> I mean, come on now. You don't even remember you taking a bite out of your own sandwich? Come now, on. I have, you know, snaked a couple of free fries. You know, you go out in the car. Let me go back in here. Leave one of the fries in the car. Sure. Hey, you guys didn't give me all of my food. <laughs> it's missing a fry. You sure? <laughs> yeah, here, check the bag. <laughs> Free fry. Oh, Fresh. my God. Oh, that ain't saved. Uh, so, <laughs> proud to say that the Scottish farmers lose damages, claim after neighbor's bull impregnated their cow. Oh, boy. So a Scottish couple has had a, a compensation claim rejected after arguing one of their pedigree highland cows became impregnated by their neighbor's bull. Bernard and Kathleen Allen uh, sought $24,000 claiming that they repeatedly found Ozzy, a belted Galloway bull, on the land 
where they kept their la- livestock. Now, it says here the Allens sought more than $24,000 in compensation, uh, but their neighbors, David and Janie Hargraves, who have since moved, denied that they were in fault. Uh, after hearing the case, a sheriff rejected the compensation claim last week. So so uh, here's the thing. Unless you have video or, uh, like, photographic proof, how do you, I mean, how do you do this? How do you sue? I mean, I mean, you, you can't claim, hey, you know what, my my cow, that uh, my neighbor's bull impregnated my, my cow. Okay, so where's the proof, right? Where, is there a DNA test you could do? Is it can 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 the bull and the cow be on Maury? Is that possible? Can they can they break that down? Can they be on Maury Povich to talk about this next on paternity court? Yes, bullish w- on cow. I, w- I want to know how do you how do you tell? I mean, unless there's photographic evidence of the cow and bull doing their doing the, the nasty, how can you tell? I don't know. Um, how about this story? NBA's Aaron Gordon. I'm out for drunk contest revenge. It's been three years since Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine's epic uh, slam dunk competition at the NBA All Star Weekend. The face-off between two rim shakers is one of the greatest matchups in the event's history. I disagree with that, according to TMZ. But nonetheless, um, of course, Dikemi Mutombo somehow disagreed uh, about that. TMZ Sports uh, spoke to Gordon about whether or not he would throw his hat back in the ring for next year's contest, which Levine's um, Chicago Bulls just happened to be hosting. Yeah, the All-Star game, by the way, is going to be at the United Center this upcoming season. Um I think so. It's starting to look like that. I'm, I'm, it's really up to the NBA. Uh, we're going to do it. So here we are. Aaron Gordon at a bar was was <laughs> was was trapped by TMZ and asked, "Are you going to be in the slam dunk competition?" Of all the questions that you could ask, you asking Aaron Gordon, "Hey, what's up, Aaron? I know that you're out here and partying, having a good time. Will you be in the slam dunk competition?" And he says it looks like that. So, and by the way, speaking of that. Shouldn't shouldn't Zach Levine be in the slam dunk competition with the All Star Game taking place in Chicago? I think he should. I think he should. I think um, early returns, and that he doesn't want to do it, but he has to defend his title at home. It's only right. Well, it would only make sense to me. <laughs> you know, it would only make sense to me unless because, he doesn't want to put that that undefeated title on the line. Well, well, no. Here's the thing: unless you just don't have the balls. If you feel like you've been booted home so often that even if you were able to be in the slam dunk competition, you still wouldn't get a lot of support, then just don't do it then. You know, it just it's. by the way, by the time we get to the All-Star break, it's already going to be a long season for the Bulls. So, so uh, I would just think that just to give the Bulls fans something to cheer for, be in the slam dunk competition, be competitive and win, win something for this upcoming season because nothing's coming to the Bulls uh, this upcoming season. So do something. That that's just me. That, that will t- be the highlight of the Bulls season. That whole he, weekend for Bulls fans. Well, I don't the know parties, the scene around the city. They some Bulls fans won't be in the same parties that you and I will be in. I'll make sure of that. Um, <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, eh, some of the parties that we're going to go to, eh, they probably shouldn't be in the same place we're in. Hey, you saw that CJ McCollum also got a good deal today. Three years, a hundred million. I saw that. Yeah, and, um, and this is what he had to say about it. Hmm. And honestly, um, growing up in Canton, Ohio, going to a small school, uh, the career I've had, you know, early on and, and to now, 
Um, it's a testament to hard work. It's a testament to the organization believing in me, having faith in me uh, throughout my career and, and up to this point. And I'm looking forward to spending you know five more years here. What's the meaning? So, Good. would you rather be the Portland Trail Blazers with a phenomenal backcourt that really can't contend in the NBA, or would you rather be what the Chicago Bulls are? No, I'd always want to be in the mix. Yeah. Because you never know. No, I, I hats off to Portland because every year they're in the playoffs. I, I'd rather do that than struggle, than, than swimming upstream. See, at least with Portland, there's a plan. You have two players in McCollum and Lillard that want to be in Portland. How rare is that in the NBA where a player's like, no, I'm good here? Uh, uh, and Lillard was, was on record many times saying, well, I don't need to recruit. I'm here. They know what we're doing. They should try to come to me. They should say, hey, I want to come play with you to try to win a championship for the first time since 1977. And I like that. You know, I know this is the era of recruiting. Even quiet Kawhi, even shy Kawhi was able to recruit Paul George. But for Damian Lillard, he's like, here, here we are in the Pacific Northwest. I got the best bars in the NBA. And it's not drinking bars, actual musical bars, uh, lyrics. He's got, he is a name and a face in the NBA. McCollum and Lillard are a dynamic duo. It's a good team. Sure, the Lakers and the Clippers are the favorites, but Portland's right there amongst the rest with Utah and Denver. But at least they're in the playoffs. I think Bulls fans would trade getting in the playoffs and trying than sucking. Uh, and So that's how I look at it's it. It's amazing how Neil O'Shea and his organization have been able to rebuild on the fly multiple times. They had a star in Brandon Roy. He goes down with the knee. They move on. They build the team around LaMarcus Aldridge. They draft Damian Lillard. Ah, let's move on from L.A. Now we have Dame as the center core of our team. Let's go ahead and add C.J. McCollum. And then they have another young kid coming off the bench that they're grooming at the guard position that dropped 31 at the end of the season when these guys were resting. Development, drafting, and you can be a great team that's always in the mix. We should probably do that here in Chicago, huh? Please. Please. (laughs) Please. And I should also date Serena Williams. (laughs) But it's, that's not happening either. So, so we can't get ev- we can't have everything, you know. And that is tales from the hood. Oh, by the way, one other uh, quick story. So uh, we were talking about this last night when I was with on the uh, Freddie and Fitz show yesterday. That kid that won uh, won three million dollars, sixteen year old, won the Fortnite tournament. Three million dollars. He was sixteen years old. I don't have the story. I just remember the story from last night. Shouts out to that kid that won three million dollars for playing Fortnite. Um, I think for Throwback Thursday, we'll talk about the the one video game that you know that you could have made $3 million in, in a, if you were in a tournament. Like I mentioned last night, like Miss Pac-Man and Defender, maybe Madden when it first came out. But, I mean, think about it. He's got anything that he wants for prom at, at age 16 and got $3 million in the bank for yeah. winning Fortnite. <laughs> so. Story came out today saying that Fortnite is very similar to a heroin addiction. That's a heck of a heroin addiction. Yes. I'll, I'll be addicted to heroin or anything that's going to give me $3 million. <laughs> Fortnite's a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> so, And that, my friends, now finally, that is Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Okay, let me tell you about Illinois Media School. We haven't talked about this recently, but let me tell you about Illinois Media School. Say, for instance, you are um, 
graduated from high school or you're a senior in high school, but you don't know what your next step is. You don't know if you should go to college. You don't know if you should go to a trade school. Should you go someplace else? Should you just go right into the workforce? You know you love sports. You know you love entertainment. You know you love music. You love online. You love to be able to do something with communications, but you're not sure. I want you to consider the Illinois Media School. Call this number, 630-916-1700. 630-916-1700. I guarantee you there's someone standing by right now if you call Illinois Media School. Because Illinois Media School is a school that is, specializes in media and broadcasting training. Media professionals like myself work in an industry where you can get a chance to meet athletes, TV personalities, vloggers, influencers. I'm doing this every day uh, on a local and national basis, and I'm having fun doing this every single day. You can graduate from Illinois Media School in as little as eight months. Their instructors are industry veterans that have experience in the field, which provides interactive learning and it's great when it comes to broadcasting and communications. So think about this. With job placement assistance, you can get into your career of your choice. Again, it may not be in front of the microphone. Maybe it's behind the scenes. Uh, maybe it is as a YouTube person. Maybe it is someone uh, that's a, a producer uh, as an engineer uh, for television, for radio, for music, for news, sports, whatever tickles your fancy there it is, Illinois Media School. So again, the number is 630-916-1700. 630-916-1700 for Illinois Media School. Or go to the website, beonair.com. That's beonair.com. Illinois Media School, where dreams meet reality. All right, coming up at 935, we will talk to D'Lo Brown, WWF superstar from back in the day. He's a producer now for Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is coming to Villa Park at the Odeum coming up uh, in October. So we'll talk to D'Lo about that. Also, he's a big Bears fan, so we'll talk some Bears with him as well. Uh, still to come on the program in our 9 o'clock hour, we'll talk about the, the Bears and the Cubs as well. The Cubs are taking on St. Louis. We'll review that game and what the Cubs are going through here, how it feels different. Uh, and we'll get to that. Also, some thoughts about Aaron Rodgers and more uh, as we move forward here on UTH. <laughs> Jonathan Hood. Photoshoot fresh, looking like wealth. I'm about to call a paparazzi on myself. Uh. On ESPN 1000.